Welcome to the Oh My God podcast, season two, with your co-hosts, Zelda Lebowitz and Hannah Rachel Cohen Portnoy. In season one, the podcast aimed to talk about success in the face of failure, modern Judaism, and real life. Season two will deliver the same message, but even more potently. Zelda and Hannah Rachel have individually and collectively been challenged by the Jewish system they grew up in. Through their evolution, through their questions, failures, mistakes, and heartbreaks, they've begun to untangle much of what was keeping them in survival mode so they could truly be set free to thrive. This is what they'll dissect each week with you, the Jewish journey, real, raw, and vulnerable. Because that is the only thing that can truly change lives and maybe even save them. You're only one episode away from being more honest with yourself. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to dig into this conversation because I know that we mentioned this at our first attempt briefly, but you really inspire us. Your story inspires us. And um, we want to really share the message louder, uh, specifically with our audience. Um, so why don't you, uh, we begin this podcast with just um, sharing, taking us a little back um, in the beginning of the journey of how you sort of came to Judaism and um, and then we'll take it from there. So I will say that I'm probably going to give an answer different than I have before. I think just because I was over the course of time of being asked this question a lot, I either end up telling a really, 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 really long story that seems probably very engaging in the moment. As I look back, I'm like, gee, that's a long story. <laughs> um, so I think what I will say is that um, I think African-Americans, which I guess that's how I would in theory be identified as a person that's of African descent that was born in America. Uh, I think they are probably one of the, probably the largest group of spiritual free agents in the world. Uh, meaning you're talking about the people that were kidnapped and forced into slavery and then forced into a religion. And that sort of forcing has not really ended in the Americas as America is sort of like a, uh, Christian marketplace, let's just say. Um, and so, but these people also seemingly like, you know, don't know where they come from, which is very interesting since Judaism, quote unquote, is the only spiritual um, um, association, let's say, that visibly and notably states it's missing like 80% of its population, we don't know where it went, we don't know what happened, whatever. Okay. Um, so, so to me, it was pretty evident and clear, and as all these kind of signs happened um, over time, that, you know, this is always where I was supposed to be, uh, and I was able to find my way back home, and there's, you know, so many different uh, hints and clues that led me to that, whether it was being my mother having worn a high necklace like my whole life, whether it me having a, you know, a biblical name of Zachariah, whether that be me being born in an old Jewish neighborhood, whether that being, you know, um, uh, you know, all these different moments throughout that kind of like um, directed me a certain way. What I will say is unique about Judaism, uh, different than the other, I would say, spiritual associations is that Judaism is a relationship with God. The other things may be religions, but like Judaism is the only one that's 
like a relationship with God from my understanding that it's not a religion. And so in the relationship aspect of that, um, God goes about cultivating that relationship in a way that's authentic and genuine to a relationship that would be different than like a religion or even a job. And so, you know, in that cultivation, you know, uh, I, I've lived a life where God has constantly communicated with me and indicated to me that he loves me, that he has my best interests at heart, that he has an intent on protecting me uh, in spite of however that protection may have to manifest itself either through me seemingly thinking I've made good decisions or feeling as if even I've made bad decisions, uh, which are the true um, reflections of relationship. I think anyone that has any relationships would say the good days certainly serve as a lot, right? I mean, they kind of, they're great. The bad days are the ones that let you know you've actually got something and someone's actually in your corner. And that really sort of ends up being the glue or the binding agent. Um, and so, you know, my, my reciprocation in that relationship of an intentionality, of a love, of a desire to put forth effort, uh, of an intent to also show and say, hey, God, I actually love you and believe that I have your best interest at heart and want to show you and protect you also. Um, then, you know, I've lived a life where that relationship has been able to continue to evolve and the, the detailed um, intimacy of that, I think is reflective in what people identify as, you know, um, uh, Orthodox Judaism, I suppose. Um, and then the, the flavoring or the style of that orthodoxy, let's say, um, is one for me that is sort of ever evolving, but I suppose would rest more on, you know, terms that people use. And I also am sensitive to those terms because a lot of people have a lot of traumas or, or preconceived notions around terms. And, and I, you know, I'm really looking to try to not give people the same old experience or to trigger other people's traumas respectfully. Um, so I've, I've begun to try to be more, excuse me, cognizant of the words I use and how I associate just in an effort to, I think, do a part of what God, you know, requires of me, which is to maybe help encourage, reach, or support those who maybe not, who maybe have not felt encouraged or supported within the confines of what would be identified as Judaism or Orthodox Judaism. Um, and so that is the short answer version of, uh, of how I got here. That's really wow. beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds to me like um, your relationship with Hashem is really the forefront of your entire life and your entire story and your background. And did you always feel this way? Or is this something that as you've learned, you've come to realize that that's actually what this all means? Is that- So I've always felt that way because I was raised in a super, I guess called religious environment based upon like my father's side and, you know, most of my family members being, you know, bishops or reverends or, you know, like ordained, having gone to whatever, overseeing like swashes of lands of people 
associated with the faith and the likes and 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 being made mindful like yeah this is what we're here on the planet to do is to like serve god and and associate with others of that vein in that respect and so i think that that gave me um a a clarity around that the maybe unspiritual part of that it's funny i, I was in the studio i guess yesterday um and i recorded a song and every song i record for me is like my new favorite because i think that as one continues to evolve the most recent expression of that evolution is like to me better than all the other ones um and but the chorus uh uh says hashim huelo kim in old nova do you know in essence like you know hashim is god hashim obviously you know being like you know as people say like the name but like you know god is god and there's nothing else wow. you know stop like uh and so part of that is like i said expressed through what we would define as challenges or uncomfortable situations which is a very interesting thing that god has refreshed upon me um but i did have cancer at 16 months old um and and lost my right eye or had my right eye taken from me um and that i think sort of sealed the deal on how i would journey through life in losing an eye you lose quote unquote half of your physical vision right for sure your straight line vision which they say then removes your depth perception um but you also lose at least half of your peripheral vision right because you have less peripheral um view and what that does is allow uh a different level of focus without distraction because you're not able to sort of see what's going on on the sides so wow. similar to how like a racehorse travels or a sniper shoots all mm -hmm. they see is like laser focused straight ahead so it makes it so much easier to like well okay let's full on straight ahead then Wow. Yeah, so I've probably had it easier than most because of that. Right, because you, you did mention also that you um your messages along the way, like your mom's necklace, um, your Hebrew name, uh, things like that, where you chose really to pay attention to those messages. You know, someone I feel like yeah. we're all getting messages all the time. We're just not tuned in to those messages necessarily. So the fact that you were able to connect the dots and get to where you are really is an indication that you were not only listening to the messages, but that you were on your divine path, you know, and that you were yeah. tuned in and channeled in. And I think that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, we're, we're really all here to what we're here to do is really to inspire change by, by helping people understand that our greatest success and our, our greatest evolution or like our, um real divine evolution you know in the going in the direction of truth happens not despite of any and all mistakes or challenges but actually through them like you mentioned in the beginning you know where you said um it's through those mistakes and through the where we see that we actually have us and we have someone in our corner so i'm wondering if maybe you know there's something that stands out to you where i mean you did mention quite a few <laughs> situations that could have so it's funny you know, very, very, I guess I'm kind of cutting up. I think I understood where you're going. And it was the part that I was also going to finish with. So about three weeks ago, I had my most recent almost died experience. 
And so as I've been working through that, one thing that I was reminded of, so basically I had a fall from about um, 15 feet, 16 feet, 14 feet, uh, like sort of face first. Um, and and um, so there were a few different ways that, that that could have ended things. Where I landed and what I just narrowly avoided, what I didn't end up coming in contact with, et cetera. But in that falling, um, I suffered a couple dislocated toes, like a major laceration on the back of my ankle and heel, and you know, I guess you know, bruised bones and a hairline fracture in my leg. Okay, so you know, obviously in that I was in the hospital ER and had to have um, you know stitches. They thought I was supposed to have surgery, uh, et cetera. You know, you know, a cast or a boot, all these different things. And but you know, the surgery they you know popped the toes back in place sewed up the laceration and was like okay you know this hairline fracture will take time to heal etc i'm like way ahead of schedule in that but partly is because of my experience as an athlete right so i understand sort of what rehab means which is such a huge advantage i think to growth right so rehab in essence is where someone suffers some sort of a trauma and then begins to have to do work to quote unquote regain the range of motion or the flexibility or the strength that they had, right? But most people that never go through that don't understand that the essential component of that is pushing through the pain, literally. Like, okay, this is gonna be uncomfortable and painful and, and that's exactly how it's supposed to be. And we're gonna, consistently sort of push against that pain and that discomfort and then you know and then rest and then push against it push against it push against it and then what you'll find is you'll wake up you know the next morning or you know weeks later whatever and you're like oh wow like i have more range of motion i have more of a comfort now because i pushed through that discomfort or that painful barrier that was limiting my range of motion. So as I've been even doing that and I and everything happens for reading. So even as it's happened, I'm saying to God, thank you, Hashem, you know, this could have been so much worse. So now as I've been sort of doing the rehab on my own, which is simple or small, you know, I just kind of been, you know, wherever I'm at in the hotel or, you know, kind of just relaxing. And then I'll start either massaging the parts of my ankle that are swollen, massaging sort of out or breaking up some of the scar tissue. And then, you know, doing, spell you know spell out the alphabet with your ankle or da 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 and then also like with my toes like finding a simple motion that's uncomfortable and then doing that over and over and over in spite of the pain and then okay taking it being done for the day and then seeing the next day people are like wow like wow you're already walking like that wow you're already wherever like well you're so far ahead of schedule and 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 god gave me clarity even this morning of like don't you see how important it is for people to know that the pain is literally the thing that is on the other side of the freedom that you want the 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 motion and the movement that you want and if you're comfortable with that or become you know uh at peace with that you know things can move very fast so there's pain no matter what though right like you're experiencing the pain of the injury of the trauma Yes. So it's not as if you're actually able to not have pain. It's just like 
Do I have pain in not being able to do what I want to do? Or do I have pain in transforming that to have what I want and now not having any more pain? But the thing is, because you're so conscious and aware of the pain, so you understand that it's like, if I'm picking between two pains, I obviously want the one that's going to be immediately towards, yeah, growth. But most people, or at least, I know that as a society, we're definitely um, awakening, you know, um, but there's so many options, you know, which is not really an option, but numbing the pain and distracting from the pain and just becoming so not aware of the pain. So they feel like, oh, you know, there's no, it's not between pain-free and pain. It's like, this is pain-free. So the thing is that it's like labor pain, right? Like we know that through the birth pain, we're going to have, if we just felt like, oh, we're going to be, you know, in birth for the next nine hours with nothing coming through at the end, it would feel so um, horrifying and discouraging. But it's like, because we know that the baby is on the other end, we're, we're willing to go through the pain. So I think it's like, what, what could we do? Um, I think the question is, what could we do to make ourselves more aware of the fact that it is a choice of two pains it's not a choice of pain-free versus oh i'm just going to you know suppress this and feel amazing but whereas with the rehab it's such a great analogy because it's like through the discomfort and through that rehabilitation then you have more range of motion then you're able to walk better then you're able to get back on on you know back on court or whatever it is and you heal sooner that's what you heal sooner sooner but but distraction yeah. and like this um, entertainment world that we live in and just avoidance, just the time going by, just wanted, wanting to be entertained rather than doing is so. That's such a, that's such a great point because you touched on another thing, right? So also that comes with this and this is a, a reality and part of the experience I was just fortunate enough to be reminded of. You also didn't have your pain um, treatment, right? So they prescribe pain medication. Now, of course, I was initially prescribed, you know, Oxycontin or Percocets, which, wow, I'm like, well, this is great. Take two of these and you just float off into this like warm, fuzzy, sleepy mode and then sleep. And that, you know, and at night I'm trying to sleep. So I'm like, shoot, cool. Two pills at night, Mylitol, you know, like, that's great. I'm like, hey, I need a refill on my uh, prescription. So after a few refills, of, of a medication as a class like five narcotic um, and that many, many, many are struggling with addiction to and the likes. Yeah. Um, and I was aware of, so I would, because of my awareness, um, two things, one, anything that we don't liken or give first and full acknowledgement to God on is a Vodazara, you know, Stam, like, oh, I'm hurting, let me take this pill. No, Hashem, I'm in pain. I know that you're the cause and the source of healing. And I'm going to do my part to try to show you that I'm willing to work towards that also, whether it's taking this aspirin or this Percocet or whatever, whatever. But I know that you got, I mean, people take pills for all kinds of stuff. It never works. So it can't be just the pill did it, right? It's God allowing things to happen through whatever. So so I would sort of be off and on with like, not as going to take this all day, also aware of these addictions, things that exist. So the doctor then gave me uh, as I was leaving, she's like, well, there's this other, there's only a class level two narcotic, but, you know, it can get you more too if you're traveling, yada, yada. So that's what they gave me. And yesterday was the first day I didn't take any um, because also realizing of like, hey, let's not get in the habit either of like 
numbing all the pain like um feeling the pain is also a way of protection right a person i played football um i remember the first time you know i i i had some injuries but i was a pretty durable guy and i know there were guys that always were getting like the shot the like cortisone shot or the numbing shot you know and i'm like damn why don't, why don't they ever give me the shot why they would they why 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 i'm not good enough for the shot or whatever and and i remember one game my senior year that i got the shot and i was like i was like man why did i get this shot like felt like there was water in my leg um and and the whole notion of the shot is the shot doesn't allow you to feel sort of anything anymore but the body is designed with a protection method that is hey when you are in or doing something that's not right i'm going to send a pain sensation so you know right and so the whole notion of the pain is that's the alert to say hey something's not right over here or something's got to get worked on and the absence of that is a huge problem because then you risk losing completely maybe that which was or damaging permanently that which was or is or could be and so you know and i think to your question of like you know what can what can one do i would say i've always came with uh, a few ideas for myself one the easiest way to get better is to focus on or attempt or work on something that you're like not good at you're guaranteed you to have gotten better that day you know because you took the thing that you're the worst at so because it's you need to feel growth you need to feel and see like oh wow okay i'm making progress and the absence of that feels i you mentioned labor you know i've never been in labor i I will never be in labor Mm -hmm. but the notion i believe that women prior to the actual birthing moment go through all kind of labor pains false alarms etc where it's pain maybe for hours however short or long and nothing comes on the other end other than knowing there's more pain coming and this isn't the end of it right so even the preparation to push through all throughout life is sort of that same way and if we just take the one thing again that we're like the worst at that we also want more out of that's like the easiest way because you have to be motivated on the other part of the outcome and so that's why even they talk about God's concealment and revealment within our lives, right? He will reveal himself. And it's like, oh, wow, what a powerful experience. First timers and anything is like, wow, this is so great. And then he goes away and it's like, yo, whoa, what's going on? Where's, where's our at? Or like, what is, and that literally is the, the complete Kavana on, I, 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 need, I want that back. I, I need that. Even if you're not consciously saying, you're saying where where did Hashem go or what happened is really translatable to say like God what's going on I need that I need you where'd you go um and then right just like being at a restaurant when you say hey where's my food right translation is like hey I came here to eat I'm excited to eat I'm looking forward to eat why am I not eating (laughs) now it could come across like whoa hey sabla neuter hold on you know the food's coming or whatever relax rega um but that's in not understanding the translation because if a person wasn't looking to eat, they wouldn't be in the restaurant. If the person was excited to eat, they would have any zero um, sharings or investment on checking on that process. 
that is how you actually know that one is. That's such a know. good perspective. Absolutely. Wow. I would actually love to um, like take a little detour. And for all like the, you know, I know like a lot of our listeners are either single or even in a relationship, people that have been married for years. This really applies to everyone. But, um, you know, just having this conversation with you, like I, I, we're, we're very, you know, aware of the fact that you're very intentional and very mindful in your process, in your journey with your relationship to Hashem, which is what Judaism is. So, and I know that you are such an influence, influential voice to so many, you know, it's one thing to, I know for myself, to feel very enlightened and especially when I meditate or when I'm on my yoga mat and I'm like all feeling like, you know, in union with my purpose, with Hashem. And then my daughter could, you know, just be late and like take her time. And this morning she didn't, um, she decided she doesn't have tights when her whole entire cabinet was like full of 15 pairs. And I was late and I was, I, I, you know, that was not a, um, a reflection of how I would want people to see me this morning. Definitely not. So what, I guess what my question is, and maybe you can help me and, and our listeners, like when it comes to our relationships with other people, because when it's ourselves one-on-one on my yoga mat, it's easy to, to have all the right intentions. But when it's with my daughter or with my husband or with my friend and where we don't see eye to eye, and I'm triggered. I'm not talking about a moment where everything is is la la la. In a moment where yeah. I am triggered, my past is 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 haunting me. You know, right now in the moment, what what is it? What is a strategy or a tool that you can um, perhaps share with us? So I think that knowing your role or your position is a great starting point, right? So, frankly put, you're in the hospitality business. You know experience relations experience management you know um you're the you're the vp director like your whole thing is make sure the guests have a great experience like that's your whole job title god's like hey look putting you down here in this position just make sure all the guests have a great time wow I like that. So when you do your, your checkup or, or, you know, re-review your job description, let's go over again why we hired you. And, you know, and they give over like, and what you're supposed to be taking care of on the day-to-day. It's like, make sure whatever experiences the guests have in positively. When guests encounter challenges or delays or the, the room's not ready yet, they didn't clean the room. There was something in the room. The front desk person was rude. Their bags got lost. They da, 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 the reservation can't be, whatever it may be. That's literally when your job kicks in wow. of like, great. Okay. Do everything you can to like take hold of this moment and, and make the person more comfortable. So what you're saying wow. is recognizing and being aware of your position and check in with yourself to make sure that you're doing it top notch. And he's saying, I think yeah. where, where your position is not, doesn't kick in when things are good. It kicks in when there's trouble, like customer satisfaction. Well, That's true. Kicks in when when it's trouble. good, when it's good, like you still have work to do, right? Because someone could come in a hotel and have a great experience, everything's going great. And you walk by, don't smile, don't say that, don't whatever. Well, that, 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 that didn't go well, right? It's like, oh, wow, what's up with that person? Or, oh, that's our customer relations. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, I'm, hey, I'm customer. Nice to meet you, you know? Hey. Um, so it, it, it's active all the time. And it's such a, 
a thing I talk to God about all the time. You know, I say to God, you know, who I have very frank conversations with, I'm like, so let me just get this straight. I just want to run things by again, make sure I got everything clear. So like pretty much I'm here, no matter what happens that someone does to me, they're right. And I'm to handle that properly, be kind, be patient. And on the flip side, whatever happens to me, yeah. You know what? It's just how God wanted it. You know, no Vidal, Like, yeah, just... And it's like, wow, that sounds balanced. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds exactly that sounds exactly fair. Can't wait to take this up with management and let them know how I'm being treated down here. And the thing is, and I was talking about this with my guy, the thing is, God's like, yeah, you know why? Because you've got me. Wow. They might not have me, or quote unquote, they don't have me. You don't know if they have me. You for sure have me. So the reason why you don't get to complain back to the customer or to the front desk person or to the whatever is because you're in direct communication with the owner. The owner is going to take care of your whole customer satisfaction. Personally, you're going to get upgraded or comped or whatever the case may be, which is outside of the entire scope of the guest relations structure. Oh, sorry to hear that your room wasn't clean. We'll send up an extra bottle of water right? That's the standard like customer treatment versus our treatments with God is like, hey, sorry to hear your room wasn't ready. I just comped you for the week. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Can you share, yeah. yeah. Can you share with our listeners like a personal experience of um, where, you know, something like you had mercy on others and God had mercy on you type of story? Yeah, every day, all throughout the day. Wow. Let me try to think of uh, something that is. Uh... That's amazing. And that's really yeah, what happens. That's I when mean, we're when we're tuned in, it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. I mean, like there's little things like, um, you know, I was sitting somewhere. Um, okay. Well, I have, I have a recent one. So I, I recently started sort of pursuing or entering negotiations on a business matter. And um as a result of that there was some there's been some sort of transaction financially and when that hit knowing that um knowing that i had something that i was looking for out of life right like i'm currently single and i'm not looking to maintain singleness right i'm looking to enter into actual you know relationship with a, another human being and move that forward by God's grace, make other human beings, et cetera. So what I chose to do then was I just started investing in other couples' happinesses. So I just started sending money to those that I know that are married and saying like, yo, date night on me, like, boom, go have a great night. You two, you two, you two, you two, you two. Now, what was the direct correlation then that I saw how I received something back? Um, it was the moment of my giving, knowing like, whoo, you know what? I just cracked the code. Wow. Like I, I know the Uber Eats is on the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I know that this is now like the literal way to affirm and show and accelerate your receiving is through giving, wow. you know? And so like, although I can't quote unquote presently speak to what I can speak to is then in me doing that, all the relationships that then began to dissipate 
are indications of like, yep, real things coming because wow. look at all the non-real things now clearing out. And I feel like I was able to accelerate that through investing in real things from a place of like, hey, I just want you guys to be stronger. Now they say, what is it? The, these six things that that one receives the fruits of in this world and they maintain themselves in the world to come, right? Um, it talks about the, like, you know, hospitality to guests, visiting the six, visiting the sick, bringing peace between friends, between husband and wife. Like these are things where we get the fruits, not very many things. Some things, you know, you get the blessing in heaven. Some things you get the blessing on earth. There's like six things you get to enjoy a double dip. <laughs> and so that's one of them. And so I was like, oh yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I plan to double dip <laughs> heavy, you know, um, so yeah. That's right, Hashem, soon. Yes, yes. Amen, amen. Definitely. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. So we, we are coming to an end of this really most powerful, beautiful uh, episode. I learned so much. I'm leaving feeling really inspired. Rejuvenated, definitely. Yeah, definitely rejuvenated. Thank you so much. I'm about just, to hit the hardest thing and the thing that I don't want to do right after this. <laughs> right, through the pain. But to end it, um, what maybe you have something that you want to share. Um, we're... We could take, you know, our our followers on, you know, right now they're in point A, they want to be in point B, uh, something that could just help them accelerate that process. Like I know you shared so many things, but if there's one um, golden ticket, what would it be? Um, I think it would be trust. Right? Uh, and if you think about it, you know, you know, there's a conversation between faith and trust, which one is the higher level, right? Uh, they say, some say faith is believing eventually everything will work out. Okay. And trust is knowing that it already has. Wow. So if we look at the things throughout the day that we put our trust in without thinking, I think it'll help us apply that to the things that actually matter. So for example, a majority of people have never inspected the chair or the couch that they sit on before they sit down. They just walk in, see a chair, see a couch, sit down. Why? Why? Um, because past experience. Like now, anyone that sat on chairs that break a bunch of times probably then starts to, you know, kind of check things out before they sit down. Past experience creates a comfortability even with new situations or scenarios um so we typically have faith in god but we trust the chair the door the locks the seat belt the pants the the whatever and in truth it should be the opposite right trust god and have faith in the things that he sends or uses towards or for us and i think that that really is the that's the accelerator because as you trust God, you 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 put all your weight similar to a chair. All your weight is now on Him. He now has the responsibility of holding you up, right. of of holding all your weight. Wow! Right, and think about all the things we do that for a shoe. Right, when's the last time you checked your shoes each morning? Did you you know check out the soles <laughs> and rub out and inspect the soles? Wow. No, you put them on. And started walking. It's a great way to now, think. Yeah, it's like the Uber's on the way. Yeah. 
like you said. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I really thank you for thank you on behalf of us, on behalf of the Oh My God podcast. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And we really wish you um, hopefully we're I gonna- want to give you guys a bracha that uh, that through your openness and willingness to not just be focused on self and, and investing in others, that Hashem should allow you to never have a moment where you doubt or wonder that you're completely taken care of and that you're actually doing the work of trusting God by focusing on helping others. And in doing so, for sure, you should know your needs are met and that you're protected and covered and uh, and that you're growing in all the right ways. Amen. Thank you. Thank what you a beautiful, so beautiful bracha. And Bezrat Hashem, you're going to find your Aisha's file really yes. soon. Amen, amen, amen. Things are coming. Amen. We can't wait to hear. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Okay, look Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Oh My God podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. If this episode spoke to you, please share it with someone you believe would love it just as much as you did and rate the podcast five stars so we can continue to make content like this for you. Do you have a question, suggestion, or interview request? Shoot us an email to omgpod at gmail.com. That's omgpod spelled O-H-E-M-G-E-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. We're so excited to hear what you think and cannot wait for you to tune in next week. Until then, shalom.